You don't, Travis, you don't have to pretend. I know that's just vodka. It's it's cherry limeade. <laughs> zero <laughs> calories, zero sugar, zero caffeine. Limeade. Zero sodium per serving. Quote unquote limeade. I guess if you drank vodka, you could pour this in there with it and it'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, it's not fine. bad. Sure. The key lime is amazing. I love the key lime. What makes a key lime? Well, it's a uh, key lime is one of those things like rich Corinthian leather. It's like I don't know what that means. No, it's it's it a specific type of lime that only grows in theory in the Florida in Keys? Key West of Florida. Yeah, a little place called Kokomo. Uh, it's near Kokomo. It's kind of like Trav, Kokomo. Just gonna let you know that's where you want to go to get away from it all. Way down to Kokomo. Aruba, Jamaica. I mean, I kind of want to take. Go to you. hell, Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was happy when the Beach Boys came back with with Kokomo. I was way into Kokomo when I was a kid because I liked the Beach Boys oh, yes. when I was a kid. When I was a kid, but yes, when I was a kid, and that was the the eighties nostalgia. Right now, we got we got the Beach Boys. I remember we had uh, it was like uh, we had a beach day in junior high. I think it was technically our junior high went from like fifth through eighth. So I think I was in sixth grade and we had beach day and I was still kind of a new kid and I brought my dad's boom box. <laughs> and I like, I had the, all right. It, for everyone who's, <laughs> who's listening, he is making the, I've got it on my shoulder. He's boom box motion. And I had it, I had the Kokomo tape in there and I was just walking around blasting Aruba, Jamaica. There is someone, Ooh. there is someone's parent who wanted to kick your ass all yeah, day. That day. I was playing a tape from some guys in their fifties. It was really weird, <laughs> but it was a fun day. Kokomo. No, but I, I am not kidding when I say, if if you are young, and you hate the '80s revival right now, be be thankful that you get the '80s because we got the Beach Boys. Soon, we got '50s doo wop. Soon it's going to be the '90s. I can't yeah. wait to see teenagers wearing shorts with thermals underneath of them. Teenager with the uh, the flannels wrapped around flannels their waist. tied around their waist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Long hair. Everybody's going to be like, everything sucks. Trap. Which is way better than everything sucks. Everything sucks. That's what it is now. Soon it's going to be everything sucks. I don't care. I can't wait till everybody just doesn't care. That'll be the best. (laughs) That's when I'm going to thrive. I was like, I already didn't care. (laughs) Travis Tate. Travis Tate, you're you're taking a stance against there. You're taking a stance on caring. Well, no, I, I care, but everybody else is not going to care, so it's going to be easier for me to succeed. <laughs> I'll just keep going at my pace, but it'll be like w- exceeding everything else everybody else is doing because they don't care anymore. And I'm like, I already went through that when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. See ya, suckers. Okay. <laughs> Travis Tate, not caring here on Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Travis Tate, not caring is great. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? <laughs> it's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas, but we don't care. I care. I care just fine. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? Okay. It's easier to care speaking of things than not care. You, speaking of things that you care about, you were just talking about... Not caring the, is exhausting. Do you remember how exhausting not, not caring was? No, not caring in the is 90s? so easy. No, it took, it took a lot of energy out of me. No way, dude. It, like, try... Trying to rejigger myself to start caring somewhere in my late 30s where I started like, dude, I really got to start caring about things. I have to stop just <laughs> letting everything slide. Turning it around and being like, no, I've got to care is exhausting. <laughs> that one really takes 
takes the piss out of me. Yeah. <laughs> is All trying right. to care when I just so desperately I want to come home and be like, oh my god, I don't care. Just put on. I just want to put on a video of someone playing Dead Cells for three hours and not even really pay attention to that. I had this weird thought. Speaking of of caring, on the way here, I kind of mentioned it to you. I, I wish I could just go walk around a Toys R Us. It's almost Christmas time. I'd, I'd miss walking around. Just go look at the action figures and stuff. But you can't do it anymore because they're gone. You miss yourself walking around? Yeah. Like I, I miss walking around from the standpoint of I miss the magic of uh, my son being old enough that the, the Toys yeah, R Us too. is still like magic. You could go and let him just that run around. That too. Because over the last few <clears throat> years, I didn't go to Toys R Us very often. You know, because my kids are older. They, they want electronic devices things like that they don't yeah. want action figures so i do miss the days where i could just fill a basket with action figures and my kids would just be ecstatic about it again I, that was fun i think and i i hit an age limit where i hit i hit a space limit mm. i hit a space limit where anytime i look at action figures or tchotchkes or things like that now as cool as they are i look at them and go like i don't have room for that i have buckets in my basement of action figures that my kids are like, I don't want these anymore. Can I like send them to the DI? I'm like, no, you can't send them to the DI. <laughs> That's thousands of dollars you of wrestling me, action figures. You want, is it? Yeah. You want me to tell you, I, I will also tell you, you know, what's really good for that. What? Divorce. Divorce. <laughs> when okay. I, my, uh, my first marriage ended, uh, my, my ex-wife and I were very deep in collecting star Wars stuff. Uh-huh. And, at some point, though, those things went into a into storage hmm. that was more controlled by that side of the family, ah. and we got divorced. And that <laughs> stuff was still in that kind of custody. And I just was like, "That stuff doesn't exist anymore." I'm going to go out on a limb and make a prediction. If there ever was some reason where my wife and I were no longer together, the action figures is not something that we would not see eye to eye on those would definitely be mine <laughs> it wasn't, and she wouldn't care <laughs> and i'll tell you what it wasn't even an argument it was just a matter of i am i am perfectly fine to be completely done with this side of my life and an argument over a bunch of star wars collectibles right. is not going to be a part of that <laughs> so All that right. was it wasn't a vindictive thing it right. was a i'm just not gonna this is not gonna be a discussion it's donezo I just I just miss looking at the action figures and buying them and watching my kids open them up on Christmas or for their birthday. Yeah, I mean, it's like, cool, man. Action figures are awesome. They're a part of my childhood. I miss and it was part of my childhood. And that's you know, again, all these things burned away. Of um, my mom, I, I have that that story of my mom sold all my star, old Star Wars toys, all my old He Man's and stuff at a yard sale for like a dollar a piece. <laughs> Don't you wish you had a time machine? <clears throat> She's apologized to me several times about it. It's like, I get, you know. I remember uh, somebody sold my Thundercats. I don't know exactly how it happened. That's, I don't know how my Thundercats a, ended up on that yard sale table. That seems like a Hardy Boys book. Somebody's, <laughs> I don't know. The I don't know. I got something going sold on. Sold Thundercats. Somebody sold my Thundercats. But uh, you know, just. I don't know. I, I I still I still really like gaudy collectible type things, but there's yeah, there's a too. level there's a level like I don't I don't really collect action figures unless it's something unless it's something that really specifically speaks to me. Like I got the the out of the amiibos. You know amiibos? You know them? You know them amiibos? Uh no. I think I I'm, <clears throat> I've probably seen them. They're those little Nintendo statues that will actually okay. Like, you. 
you can kind of get things in game out of them, but it doesn't doesn't really do much. It was like the the Disney. What was the Disney game they had? Yeah, Disney Infinity. Except for Disney Infinity, and then we had Spyro the and, Dragon. We've got a bunch uh, of Skylanders. Those. Like Gabe, Gabe yeah. and I were huge into Skylanders. Yeah, I think we, we've still got a. Ton we went of those. through. Yeah, I have a bucket full of those, and I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do with those. But uh, the the amiibos are more like if you put them on a thing, you get maybe an in game item. Whereas like right. <clears throat> Disney Infinity and Skylanders, it was more like you put that statue on there and you get to play that thing in the game. But uh, I bought uh, an amiibo for Bayonetta because I quite like the game Bayonetta. I don't even know that game. I was going to say, I could see by, by your blank stare that it says <laughs> no. But that's, what, that's what I'm saying is I'll buy little things every once in a while. But like, <clears throat> you know, even all the comics and stuff that I like, a lot of that stuff just doesn't really... I just don't have anywhere to put it anymore. My kids buy Funko's <clears throat> a lot, the Funko Pop figures. They like those. And I mean they're they're cool in that I mean first of all they're like they're like cute so people like them. But you can also like get you got Star Wars, you've got wrestling, you've got oh, there's Ghostbusters, you've got yeah, yeah. Gabe Funko has a Sharknado is, Funko. It goes across all degrees of pop culture, which is cool, but if it, I wish I always wanted an action figure line like that when I was a kid where everything was the same size. Yeah. That would have been so rad. <clears throat> I never never really thought about that. Like, yeah. if I ran for president when I was, like, 10 years Travis, old. When you run for president when you're 10 years old. All right. When I... I guess I'm <clears throat> old enough now. I'm going to go... I'm going to run for president, and I'm going to say all As action figures have to be the same size. No matter... And know. they have to look similar. But what about something like Transformers? Okay, well, you can still have Transformers. But all there, there are many different size Transformers. They have to be to scale. <clears throat> everything has to be to scale. That's how you will determine what, what size everything is. So you could have you can have your Optimus Primes, you can have your Bumblebees, you can have your Omega Supremes. We will have. But they don't have to all be the same size. Not the same size, but they'll have to be to scale. So we'll all I'll get all of all of the countries like. Mattel and Hasbro together. We'll have like a United Nations type thing and we'll decide on one scale and all toys from here on out have to be made to scale. It just makes sense. So Optimus Prime would probably be like two feet tall. Technically speaking then, Metroplex would have been effing humongous. Yeah, that's fine. Because that was just, that was like an Autobot city, right? Uh, I don't even remember Metroplex. I think Metroplex was a city. I remember the aircraft carrier from G.I. Joe. Well, then the, the aircraft carrier, nobody's getting that. Our friend John Smith would be very upset about that. Does he have one or John Smith is a huge G.I. Joe collector. I know somebody that has one. Well, so do I. John Smith. Okay. (laughs) I never had one. I only had I don't think I ever had any vehicles from G.I. Joe, actually. I think I just had some figures. Uh let me think. I don't know that I Boy, I don't know. I know I had a bunch of G.I. Joe's, but I don't know that I had any vehicles. My vehicles were were all tied up in uh Star Wars and He Man. I didn't love G.I. Joe's just because of all the points of articulation. Eventually, they got wobbly, and they would just kind of be flopping around like a scarecrow. Yeah, a lot of people that I know were way into the G.I. Joe's for the articulation. Articulation was never something that really I cared much about. Like, I didn't care that He-Man didn't really move. I just wanted them to stand up on their own. I was happy if they could stand up, because then you could shoot them with stuff. Guys with a chest that wide couldn't really swing their arms anyway. (laughs) That's true. He-Man was the weirdest shape of any action figure of all time, I think. You think so? I think so. Uh, Because the cartoons don't even look that big. 
It's just they're so wide and short and squatty. But they were good for standing. I'll I'll give them that. How did we get on? Oh, yeah, I was talking about Toys R Us. That's how we got on it. I can find pictures of Metroplex just not transformed. Metroplex sounds like a theater chain. I'm sure from it is. the 80s. Okay, there's going to go down Metroplex. to the Metroplex and watch there, Back to the Future. There's Metroplex transformed. I don't, I don't know what that even looks like. Uh, I don't. But I think it's supposed to be a city. It's kind of cool. I don't. <laughs> it's all right. Look, Transformers. There's nothing wrong with it. Transformers were weird. Transformers were weird. It's really Ghost cool. Ghost of Starscream. Have you ever seen the the toys that made us about Transformers and how they would? They met come Transformer up with, gods in the second movie, didn't they? I don't even remember the second movie. I think they. I I think at the end Optimus Prime dies and he meets Transformer God. All I right. think. Okay. Was it George Burns? I. That would have been good. Was it? When was it ever George Burns? George Burns. Oh God, you devil. Oh okay. <laughs> I'm like. I'm he was. Like, are you thinking? He of was when? God before uh, old. Uh, you know what's his name? You know the Morgan Freeman. Yeah. 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 It was always George Burns. Sure. It no, you're saying, you're saying George, George Burns. Burns. I thought you were talking about who was uh, Unicron in the movie. It was. Uh, uh, was it uh, Frozen Peas guy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know Frozen Peas guy. You know Frozen. <laughs> what is his name? That's what I was saying. Like I, you said George Burns. I'm like, you talking about that other guy? You know that guy, Frozen Peas guy. <laughs> what is his name? I. It, my head is stuck. It's, I'm seeing his I, face. I'm thinking of David Harbour because he's pretending to be him in that Frankenstein thing. I'm and that's seeing all I his face. Uh, I almost said Merlin Olsen. It's not Merlin Olsen. Nope. Definitely uh, not Merlin Olsen. <laughs> Dang it. You know, you know, you know, the guy with the sled. What's his name? Oh, you mean Rosebud guy. Rosebud you mean guy, yeah. Everybody, everybody, uh, let's see. What, okay, Travis, we're going to play the game. All right, let's play the game. Travis, I've got I've to come that up thing, with it. You know that thing has a bucket like bricks in a circle? You put the bucket down to get water. What is that? That's a well. Orson Welles. <laughs> Thank you. Orson. Some Merlin Olson, Orson Welles. I was I was in the ballpark. We were all, we were all in the ballpark. Grumpy bearded guy. <laughs> Grumpy bearded guy. You, you mean Alan Moore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me so, on some hey, days. Speaking of that, Watchmen is buck wild. Watchmen is so buck wild. I am so stoked for like uh, the final episode is this weekend. I am like by the time uh, people hear this, I'll have watched it. But like it, I've watched, like it's so good. Quick reminder: the timeline between the series and the movie. 30 I know years. thirty years after. Yeah, it's supposed okay. to be. Uh, I know you've told me this I think, before, and I, I forgot. I think that the comic is supposed to take place in eighty-five, and the the series is taking place in twenty nineteen. Okay, and it is just. So, uh, I, I don't know, man. Should I get into spoilers at this point? It's going to... Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? I'm not going to see it. So, if if you don't want spoilers, I guess skip ahead. Skip ahead for a while. So, they've, they've introduced Dr. Manhattan is now... They've, they've established who Dr. Manhattan is. Dr. Okay. Manhattan had basically been in hiding because he's in love with the main character and got the Jeremy Irons character to make a thing so he forgets who he is for a while. Because the whole concept of Dr. Manhattan, which I think is explained so well in this show, the whole idea is he can see all of time at once. Time mm-hmm. is a flat circle to him. So it's just, it poses, it, it, it presents the character in this way. At least it's, maybe this is what Moore was always trying to do, but it's, it's uh, hi- highlighted it so well for me in the idea of, I don't know if this character has anything resembling free agency because there are several times that they, they kind of go over the course of uh, Dr. Manhattan meeting this woman, being in love with her. 
and then going into this kind of darkness where he doesn't know who he is so she can be in love with him because their relationship keeps getting ruined because he knows everything that's going to happen. Like he sits up in bed one night and says, this is it. This is where we had the fight. And she goes, no, we're not. He's like, no. Cause when they meet, he's like, all right, we're going to have this relationship. It's going to be 10 years of bliss. Then it's going to end in tragedy. Or he, he, he tells her up front, like we're going to have this fight. <clears throat> and he just sits up in bed one night and says, we're going to have this fight. And she's like, no. And he keeps demanding. He keeps talking about this fight till she finally gets mad. And they had the fight. And, and so, so it just, he kind of <clears throat> started the fight. <laughs> sort of, but... The fight was about whether the fight was going to happen. But they, they get to this whole I thing... I think I've had that fight. Where he's straight up, <laughs> he's straight up like... So, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get into too much of like what, how, all that stuff. He basically tells her, so what's going to happen here is this 7th Cavalry, these kind of KKK stand-ins... They're going to teleport me, destroy me, and destroy me. And we can't do anything about it. And so she goes out to fight, even knowing he's like, you can't fight them. There's too many of them. This is inevitable. How do they teleport him? And she... Isn't he the most powerful a, being in the DC gun. universe? And that's what, that's what I'm talking about is there's a point where he literally... A guy gets on the turret and shoots him and he kind of lets it happen. So it just... It sort of got me on this track of thinking like... Does he have any agency? He doesn't... Does he know... Is there anything he can do about it? He knows everything that's going to happen and he doesn't... He doesn't really act against any of it in particular. Like, the whole idea is when she... At this final moment when... uh, When the odds are against her and he's like, this is inevitable. This is just going to happen. And she goes, no, I'm going to go out there and fight them. He goes, this is the moment. She's like, what? This is the moment I fell in love with you. She's like, we've been together for... We've been a couple like together for like 15 years now and he goes no you don't get it this is how i see time so the idea is they met in like the 90s and he fell in love with her in the 90s based on this thing that was going to happen so it's not linear it's not linear and he that's just why sees the highlights that's why it, it's just completely bowling me over of this idea of like one of the things that I, it was harder for me to get in the comics or the movie is this idea of Dr. Manhattan getting bored with me, humanity and just stops doing anything. And now I'm on this kick of like, the reason it's so boring and it's, kind of, it's just painfully boring being Dr. Manhattan is he knows everything that's going to happen and he just can't, he just has to kind of let it all play out. Dr. Manhattan is kind of like, kind of like the reader of a, of a comic book or like a comic book franchise. Because... Wherever he, wherever you jump in is not the beginning of it, probably. Say you jumped into Spider-Man 50 years in. There's all this backstory. You can go back and kind of pick and choose what you want to read just based on the cover of a comic book if you want. But, you know, you've always got, oh, this is the moment that I, I really like this character. And then you can go back through time and then you can get caught up with the the present stuff and then you have all these other different versions yeah, and that, so but, it's kind of he like has the, he's the consumer of he it he has the extra benefit or curse of that like you know he can he can be talking to captain america in 29 or you know like what was it 2018 or 17 and say hey man this this hydra stuff is a bit hinky he can't he can't go back and then talk to 70s captain america and say like hey uh watch <laughs> out for 20 17 or 18 or whatever that happened. So he can't interfere even though he sees I don't know. it all. Okay. That's what I'm saying is that's what... It's a complicated know, character it's, to write. Anytime you're dealing with time effery, 
you know, there, there's always going to be plot holes and there's going to be contradictions, but this just, you know, and, and maybe again, that's maybe that's what Moore was trying to say that it just never quite clicked with me is this idea of, and, and it's maybe even what he was trying for what you said is because Watchmen is really supposed to be, it's kind of the flashpoint of um, like, I don't know what he meta commentary on superhero comics. And maybe that's what he was trying to say is that Dr. Manhattan is this ultimate comic book fan of, I know the whole history, but I can't really interact with it. I know everything that's going to happen and everything that happened, but I can't really do anything to, you know, I'm an observer. All they have to do is show a time where he tried to interfere and it made things a hundred times worse. And that, and that's what I'm saying is I don't know. There's, there's also another deal with it. Like the whole, and again, huge spoilers. If you're watching it, I mean, if you're going to watch it, just don't, don't listen to me, I guess. Cause it's nut nut bar. The whole thing starts based on this woman, Angela Abar, her, uh, boss getting, uh, hanged by, um, Lewis Gossett Jr.'s character. And the whole Some mystery has damn been shark mother. The whole mystery has been, why did he hang him? Well, you find out why he hanged him is, uh, that Don Johnson's character was secret KKK. This but is so crazy. No that one can figure out Don Johnson and Lewis Gossett Jr. and oh, uh, what's uh, what's designing women lady? Yeah, uh, Gene Smart. Gene Smart. Uh, all these eighties actors. Great. No, no, I think it's great because but it's just like the whole mystery has been okay. Why did he do it? Okay, we figured out why he did it. How did he even know about this? And why is he so gung ho? Part of it was. When she awakens Dr. Manhattan, he starts talking about like, hey, I'm meeting with your, right now I'm meeting in 1975 to conspire with your grandpa. And she's like, ask him how he knew that, that Judd was, a, was uh, working with the seventh clan. And you, you see him back in the, in the 70s, he goes, okay. And he goes, how did you know that Judd was a member of the seventh cavalry? And, and Lewis Goss goes, he's what? <laughs> and, and she realizes, she's like, me asking you right now is how he knew. Uh, so it's this weird circular thing of this thing she's investigating. She accidentally started. It's just really hmm. crazy messing with time stuff. And it's just, I, God, I hope it, I hope it sticks the landing. Cause and like all the stuff with Jeremy Irons is really popping off really good. Well, just chef kiss, Jeremy Irons episode. <laughs> Got some really great nice. stuff with him. There's all, I'm glad that's really good. Maybe eventually I'm going to get the, whatever the new HBO. Also, Great blue nudity, Mwah. blue, blue butt nudity. Cheeks. There for us all. Blue butt cheeks, Smurf butt. <clears throat> uh, I've been watching. I'll, I'll let you go for a while now. I've been, I've been watching Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's the it's the crossover event this year for for the Arrowverse, and there's six shows wrapped up in it now. There you got Arrow, you got the Flash, you got Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. And uh, Black Lightning, and they're all they're all intertwined in. But it's crazy because they have also pulled in pretty much every property possible that has ever had a TV show, and even a little bit into the movies. It kind of brings in uh, the Michael Keaton Batman universe because really? Robert Wall, he's the he's the reporter in the first Batman. Oh, yeah. is it? You know, is that, are, I was just yeah, you're, you're I'm like Travis. You don't lead with he was the reporter. So, you lead with 
He was Arliss. They bring him in. Oh, wait, so excuse me. No, no, no. Let me say that's Earth 89, by the way. The uh, Batman. Are you talking 89. about Arla dollar sign? Yes, Arla dollar sign. They kind of assign the Earth number to the year things came out. So Burt Ward is on uh, Earth 66 for the 66 Batman. I want to go to Earth 69. There's the. I have. I haven't seen Earth 69. Oh, uh, there's. You maybe don't want to. There's the the Brandon Routh Superman who is basically the Christopher Reeve Superman. He's in here. Isn't Brandon Routh the? Um, the it was supposed uh, to be the Kingdom Come, Come one. Yeah, okay. But it, I mean, I, I think it kind of plays on that from from the original stories. But it very blatantly talks about you know his his process and and things like that. Like, Chris, and, like a Christopher Reeve thing? Does it say like? Basically, hey, have any of you seen Richard Pryor? It's it's him doing that same act, you know, from the from the original soup. You know how Brandon Ralph just, just continues that just, story. Oh, 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 yeah, you're yeah, okay, you're right. So Superman Returns was a continuation of the Christopher Reeve Superman. You're right. There's I, even you know I always forget about that. He even fights. Uh, Lex Luthor the, puts some sort of magic spell on him, and he fights the Supergirl, they Superman. Even do the theme and everything. I forgot about. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They play that theme in the show, and after he fights the the Supergirl, Superman, and he snaps out of it, he goes, uh, "Here's the crazy thing. That's not the first time I fought myself." So, which is a reference <laughs> okay. to the Christopher Reeve Superman, the, the dirtbag Superman. But it brings in Where Smallville, threw tires around himself. It brings in Tom Welling and Erica Durantz, who was uh, is Tom Welling doing Superman, or is he another character? He's Clark Kent. Spoiler alert! Oh, cool. His he basically the uh, what, what's the what's the guy Ducky Ducky? What's his name? Oh the, yeah, okay. I know who you're talking. He's about. Lex Luthor yeah, he's Lex from Luther. from Supergirl, and he gets some magical book, and he's trying to kill every Superman in every multiverse. Necronomicon. Kind of, Travis? it's kind of like Travis. the Necronomicon. Yeah. Did he get so, a hold? Did he get a hold of the Neverending it, Story? It's not that one. No, it's just some. It's the Book of Fate or Book of and Destiny. He, I can't instead remember. What it's of, instead of you know what I found out today, you know what name Bastion gives the uh, childlike princess? What or the childlike empress? What? Moonchild. Moonchild. I had no idea wow. what he says at the end of that movie. Was listening to uh, I Hate It But I Love It Today doing Neverending Story. Yeah. Moonchild is the nice. name he gives the childlike right. empress. That's fine. I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. At anyway. the end of it, he gives the... Uh, so what you're saying is Lex Luthor gets a hold of he, the Neverending Story, and at the end, he gives the childlike empress the name... Yes. Martha... That could be an argument to be made, yes. So anyway, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, so he goes he goes to show up to kill the the Smallville Superman and he he pulls out some uh kryptonite and he like he's expecting him to get sick or whatever and Tom Willing just grabs it from him and chucks it into the field. He goes, Yeah, I don't have my powers. I gave up my powers. That doesn't work on me. And Does he, he give up his powers in Smallville? Some you don't know. Some yeah, he gave somewhere. No, like after at the end of no, Smallville. At the, at the end of Smallville, he just becomes Superman, doesn't he? Yeah. So somewhere between that and now, he gave up his powers, and he's huh. married to Lois Lane, and they have daughters. Fair enough. Fair enough. He talks about his daughters. A bit selfish, so, if you ask me, but fair enough, I suppose. I don't know. His his Lex Luthor is the president, Michael Rosenbaum, who's not in it, but they do reference it. That's kind of too bad. I like Michael Rosenbaum. But they reference the the 90 Flash from 1990. Gross. <laughs> they reference the Birds of Prey TV show. 
All right. That only was around for like a year. Uh, it's just crazy. Like we were talking, anything that even cartoon characters have, have shown up. And, I was joking about it a little bit before we started recording, but thinking in that Into the Spider-Verse thing, how great would it be if they got someone to be a black and white George Reeves Superman? Yeah, that would be really cool. It was really just always cool. in black and white and was corny. And it was old-fashioned. That actually would have been really cool if they had done that. Like, I wonder how much I wonder how much leeway they have into properties of like bringing in like uh, um, like 60s Batman. Well, they brought in, they had Burt Ward as basically growing up old Robin. Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay. So they did. He was walking a dog, but it was Earth 66 since it was the 66 series, but he was only on there for a second. Same with Robin. Was it identifiable as Robin or did they do? Yeah. He goes, holy whatever. Oh, you know what? Hey. As his Earth disintegrates. Great. That's too bad. (laughs) Cesar Romero didn't make it. Nope. Cesar Romero's gone. No. Oh, oh, no. No more guest appearances. Did they bring in Scooby Doo? Not yet. Like I the hope, Globetrotters? I hope so. Just shows the Globetrotters. There's still two episodes left. Hanging out with, uh, with uh, what was the, what was the, the, was that in Super Friends when they had the, the Mutt Dino Mutt or something like that? I think he might have shown up on it, Super Friends, but I think he was his own thing. They could have done that. Just had like the, the Harlem Globetrotters, one of them spinning a, uh, uh, <laughs> basketball and like a dog with a costume on and then they just get dusted dynamut was basically like inspector gadget scooby-doo was he basically yeah he had like his arms could extend out and he could do weird stuff like that maybe that wasn't the one the super friends i have in my mind sort of a batman cowled sort of uh scooby-doo looking gray dog (laughs) i don't know i can't remember whatever anyway they've incorporated all these universes into it and it's it's pretty cool how's kevin conroy (laughs) <laughs> he's a bad guy spoiler alert he's bad bruce wayne he's bitter bruce wayne he murdered the superman from his world he's murdered oh. countless people huh because he I has he, was... he has trophies of all of the villains he's killed penguin joker mr come... freeze i thought that was the kingdom come batman and i well yeah whatever sure hey play with it play right. with it Trav. right so he's he's kind of evil how does the they go to him for help and he doesn't help? He's so like, "Good, weird. let it is all he, burn." Is he doing the voice? No, he sounds old, which so is fine because he is old. But he's not. He's not like doing the kind of Batman Bruce Wayne voice. No, I was gonna, no, it doesn't sound asking, like, like it. Does it sound weird having that come out of a human? No, it doesn't sound like the the animated Bruce Wayne, which is what? fine because then why do you get him? Well, he but because I think honestly because. I, they needed somebody to be Bruce Wayne, and it's a natural tie-in. But he's he's basically, I think, he's got like a, a, a mech suit on that makes him yeah. move because he's paralyzed. That's what I'm saying. I think that that's a take on the Kingdom Come Batman. I but think. he he's he's turned really dark. So they go to him for help, basically, and figure out, oh, he's bad because he murders people. <laughs> so he he kind of snapped. Anyway, it's really cool. The only problem with it is they did three episodes this week, and then episodes four and five don't come out until January fourteenth. But if you if it sounds cool, if if you've been meaning to do it, you can go watch them on the CW app, and it's absolutely free. You just have to watch commercials with it for Roku and Glenfiddich whiskey over <laughs> and keep, over and uh, over. I keep worrying that like some of the shows that I 
I've been enjoying reading it on like mid season, and so far I haven't had that. Like you know, like I really I jumped right in because I haven't been watching any of them this year. To be honest with you, I was genuinely concerned like Watchmen was going to be all those ones. Like, well, we'll see you in five months. But hmm. and you know, hey, let's transition. Mando was one of those ones I was worried about. So let's have the like at the Mando Roundup. <laughs> Mando Roundup. What you hear about Baby Yoda? So it was a great episode. Uh, Amy Sedaris was in it. Amy Sedaris. I I commented on Facebook. Uh, I got I got a nice reaction for it. The it it was base. I thought it was great to see uh, Richard Simmons cosplaying as Ellen Ripley on the yeah. latest episode of The Mandalorian. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and Amy Sedaris is a very attractive woman, but she has the no. She is. She has this talent for. When they put makeup on her to make her look weird, she maybe looks that, weird. Maybe that's so. I'm what not I'm bagging is, on Amy Sedaris. I don't Sedaris. know if I've seen Amy Sedaris without makeup because wasn't she? Was it Strangers with Candy? Was that Amy Sedaris? Yeah, that and she was very off-putting in that too. I guess maybe maybe I just haven't seen Amy Sedaris without makeup. No, she's a perfectly Perhaps attractive I spend woman. Some time yeah. looking at. I'm gonna look at Amy Sedaris real quick. Yeah, in real life, she's she's attractive, but she is one of those people who likes to play quirky characters and she i think is a hundred percent behind make me look as weird as possible and she doesn't have a problem with yeah i um and it was a very likable character the character itself wasn't that weird no 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 it was an amy sedaris character to be sure i thought it was pretty tame for an amy sedaris character it was very it fit in the star wars universe it wasn't over the top Strangers with Candy, <laughs> goofy. It, it, Strangers with Candy never gelled with me. I didn't really get into it much either, but it was a very weird improv show. <clears throat> I, I wonder if I went back if I would enjoy it. Maybe. I have evolving opinions on everything, Travis. Everything. Me too. Me too. So what about this episode? Um, Ming-Na Wen, barely Ming-Na in Wynn, it. I was so excited use, that she was going to be in it. I got to say for me... <laughs> Like, I, I guess it's just, um, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting the Mandalorian to be so very much, uh, like planet of the week. So, you know, we're what, is this four or five episodes in? Um, uh, that was episode five. Of what, nine? I think nine, yes. So we got four episodes left to get our ass in gear and kind of start telling a story. If, depending, okay, if that's what you want. I'm not even that. Uh, honestly, I'm not that mad. If it if it goes nine episodes and it's just basically this, I'm okay with it. Does it need to have like a big bad? I don't think so. If that big bad is Werner Herzog, yes, it does. I do think <laughs> I it, would love to see more Werner. I do think it's going to tie back to him, and we're going to find out exactly what they were trying to extract from the child. Yeah. Because that was pretty much left wide open. So I do think that's kind of where it's going to come back, and. I think there's going to be some answers to why was the child being held captive to begin with. I think I think that stuff's going to be answered, but I don't think it's going to... I really don't think they're going to tell you what race Yoda was or any of that kind of stuff. Like the big, huge mysteries. Maybe eventually if, if he continues through the next season or something like that and evolves like Baby Groot, maybe he's a little bit more uh do we vocal. know if, do we know the gender of baby yoda at this point uh they do reference him as a son they do or boy yeah when he goes to the it was the last one with the the blue glowing shrimp yeah uh, 
the yeah, the mother I think you're right. the mother that wanted Mandalorian to stay was was referencing uh, you could stay here with your boy. I think you know. I think you are right. So I do believe it's a male. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how they know that. <laughs> I'm just gonna take their word for it. Presumably, uh, look, man, the baby's gonna mess a diapy after eating an entire frog. I can only assume. I don't know. They age differently. Maybe they they poop. They poop differently. They poop only every six years. Could be. <laughs> oh, I mean, boy. wouldn't that be? That would be nice. There are, isn't it like isn't it like sloths do something like like sloths only yes. poop like every yes. nineteen years. And something? owls don't poop at all. They just like they barf up this little weird ball of goo. One of the most gross, fascinating things when you're a kid is those owl balls that got like, you know, mouse skeletons in them. Yeah, that's what they do. They don't poop it out. You know, like no one ever as a kid, you don't really stop to think about like, wow, I'm just playing with reverse owl shit. Maybe their metabolisms are so perfect that they know exactly how much they need to eat. What do to owls use, know that we don't? To use every ounce of energy that you're putting in. I think they'd probably know not to you're eat fast, fast food. Mice are like uh, like <laughs> owl cliff bars? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, they're like that, that goo when people are doing uh, marathons. What? It's got like it's got energy. Travis, it's got caffeine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to take a moment and just look at me. Do I look like someone who's been near a marathon? Well, I don't either, but I hear stand-up comedians do bits about them. <laughs> a marathon goo? Yeah, there's like some sort of like caffeine goo or something like that. Caffeine goo. Yeah. You just squirt this it in, and it gives you mind. energy, and could, it gives you vitamins and stuff. You just squirt it in. Could you we... just squirt the goo in. Uh, you squirt the goo in your mouth, uh, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, it just gives you everything you need. I guess what am I? All gonna... your nutrition. <sighs> so, uh, Mandalorian episode five. Uh, again, not not a lot happened. It's kind of it's fun. It's fun watch. Sure, it's cool to see the do back. Yeah, I will say. Who's back? Back again. Dubak's back. Tell your friend. It did. I mean, if you have to do like an ebb and flow chart, this one probably isn't as high as the other ones. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. It just no, that's what I'm like it's, not as much happened. It's kind of what you're saying. It's a kind of it's a relatively empty episode. Yeah, and, but I still enjoyed it. It's a bag of popcorn. The last two like, episodes wow. were both amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if that's as good as it gets, those were really good episodes. Okay. You know the, where he want, the one where he goes back? Oh, the, and, the, and, you're talking about the previous ones? You're talking about yes. the, the jumping shrimp? and then The jumping shrimp and then the one where uh, he blows up Werner Herzog's little uh, clubhouse. Yeah, the <sighs> Mandalorian gang fight. Yes, that one was amazing. And then Gina Carano episode. Yeah, those are both really good episodes. Cara Dune. Cara Dune? That was her name. Okay. I don't know if it was Kara or Do we Kara. know the name of the Mandalorian yet? No. We do not. They just call him Mando. What if it's Bert? Bert? Bert. Bert Fett. That's the other thing. I, I guess... Uh, oh, yeah. We the forgot the ending. Yes. How do you feel about the idea of maybe Boba Fett? So, my son was telling me one of the Aftermath books. Yeah. Tales of the, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Tales of the Booty Hunters. No, this is different. This is the Aftermath books. Oh? They, the Aftermath books came out like in the last couple of years. In the Aftermath? And there's a story in one of them about... Because I haven't read them yet. I have them, but I haven't read them. And it, there's a story about a guy that... Some Jawas find 
a bunch of Mandalorian armor that was spit up by the Sarlacc pit. And a guy buys it from them and starts walking around and like kind of like defending villages like he's Boba Fett. But it's not Boba Fett. But then somebody kills him and takes the armor <laughs> so because a body was never found. So maybe there is a Boba Fett out there. And the Aftermath books are canon. So it could be Boba Fett. I don't know. It could be the guy dressed as Boba Fett in his armor because the Sarlacc pit spit it up because it couldn't digest metal or so Beskar talking, or whatever. Talking this called. is a Dread Pirate Boba kind of thing? Maybe. Or maybe it's the real Boba Fett that he just... Maybe it spit the whole thing out because it couldn't digest his armor or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm. Especially if it's Beskar or whatever, that new metal that <laughs> everybody... New metal? Everybody, are, you, are you talking corn? Corn? New metal, you know. Oh, okay. I don't know. That was what I came up with. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, it could be cool. Boba Fett is a weird thing. Movie-wise, he doesn't present well. The legend of Boba Fett outside of the movies, you think he's a super cool dude. If you watch the movies in a vacuum, he sucks pretty bad. He has cool armor, and that's about it. Yeah, that's fair. He, he dies in a really dumb way. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. So. But he does look cool. And then I don't I don't know that George Lucas did him a lot of favors by no. making all the clones look like him either. No, the prequels did the prequels did the prequels do anyone any favors? The Not only person really. it maybe did favors was Obi Wan, and that wasn't George Lucas. That was Ewan McGregor did Obi Wan some real sweet favors. I think it also did it made Yoda a lot cooler because when you actually see Yoda fight, you think so? Oh yeah, I always had the. My mindset was I always had an idea that Yoda was not a fight guy. He's not, but when he had to, he could. No, Yoda's a fight guy. If you could Yoda fight like a lot. If you not in the movies. Yeah, he did. No. Nope. He fights a ton in the movies. The only time you see Yoda fight in the movies was in the very end of Revenge of the Sith. That's the only time you see him fight in the movies. He fights Darth uh, he fights uh, Palpatine. No, he fights other guy too. Who? Um, Saruman. No, he doesn't. He fight, he fights Saruman. No, he doesn't. I'm pretty sure he does. Nope. Never did. No. Nope. I don't think they actually. Who fights Saruman? Uh, Anakin killed him. Yeah, he killed him, but wasn't the first time he presents himself. Oh like- yeah, you're right. In uh, Attack of the Clones, that was the first time you actually saw him fight. So he fought twice in the movie. He's also in the battle with Chewbacca. He doesn't really fight that much in there, though. He's kind of just riding on Chewbacca's shoulder. He's like Chewbacca's parrot. (laughs) (laughs) He's Chewbacca Iago. Squawk, this way we must go. Squawk. Like I said, and and it was from, I was already deep in that stuff and reading stuff. And Yoda always came off as a, he's a dude what uses... I don't. I don't know how to. I guess explain. It's like he's just a dude. What uses the 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 space magic to deflect things? He doesn't really use it aggressively. It's more of a mental attacks and things like that. But whatever. I think. If, I think Yoda fighting was awesome. And then when you see him do it in the Clone Wars TV show, it's pretty rad. So then he does fight a lot in the Clone Wars TV show. He fought twice in the movies. That's not a lot. But how much does he fight in the Clone Wars? 
It's all there, there's one episode Trav, it's all connected now. There's one episode, and I just watched it where because I've been going back and watching them, where uh, he has to convince the Watto people. I can't remember what the they're Watto. called. You, you mean, know, you know the flying, <laughs> the flying I'm gonna Watto refrain. people. I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain to make you reference. That's, wh- that's why I called them the Watto people. No, I know, I know. And uh, he has to convince them to, to, to join Toydar- the Republic. Toydarians. The Toydarians, yes. And uh, so Asajj Ventress is there trying to get them to join, you know, the uh, whatever they're called, the bad guys. So basically she, she sets a trap for Yoda. Yes, the Separatists. Thank you. I have not had caffeine today. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> so my brain is not functioning. Uh, anyway, he fights a lot. He It's him and I think like three tr- clone troopers against an entire droid army. And they have to get to the Toydarians to get them to join. It's a really good episode, but he does a lot of fighting. He he jumps into like tanks and stuff, and you just see I'm parts sure. parts I'm of sure droids flying out. Episode, it's yeah. pretty cool. <clears throat> anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Yes, the, the Mandalorian. That, this speaks volumes about that episode because basically the only thing we said about that episode was Amy Sedaris. Yeah. And is it Ming, Ming-Na Wen? Is that Not enough Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. That's all we've been able to really say about that episode. The guy that he teamed up with and then ended up turning on him. I, <gasps> I, what? I, <gasps> I, forgettable. Like, I, there was nothing about that guy that I was oh, yeah. like. Gabe and I were watching. Is like, you think he's going to turn on? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's going to turn on. Him. <laughs> but it was just like. The only know, surprise got, that I got is that he was still just a rookie. I thought that he was going to eventually like, ha ha, I was experienced bounty hunter all the time and I was actually looking for you, Mandalorian. <laughs> I was like, is this Dash Rindar? Is that who this Dash is Dash Rindar? <laughs> no, his shoulder pads are way too small to be Dash Rindar. It was just, uh, it was one of those. Dash eh, Rindar okay. is the Shadows of the Empire guy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was to with fill in Prince for. Shizor. Yep. Just spell it with an S-H. X-I-O-R. I think is what it was. Yes, it was. X-I-Z-O-R. Z-O-R. Dash Rindar was to fill in for Han Solo because Han Solo was in Carbonite. So they needed like a scoundrel. Yes. Yes. So that that's who Shadows he was. of the Empire. Perfectly serviceable first attempt at you know extending the universe. Yeah. It was fun. Look, it was a we're cool not thing. talking about Splendor of the Mind's Eye here. Don't no, worry about no. it. So Mandalorian episode five. So I guess good. In, while we're speaking in though in that area. I've been having a rewatch of Last Jedi. Okay. I've been doing some treadmill action. I don't know why I got to make the motion of it. And rewatching The Last Jedi to get prepared for Rise of. Dude, that show's that movie's really good. I haven't watched it for a few months. I I have watched it <clears throat> since since it came out on Blu-ray, but having evolving like the two things cuz I'm, I'm I mean I'm I just barely got past Canto Bite, which is the, you know, Canto Blight of the film, but <laughs> We're not going to worry about that. What I want to talk about is just the the stuff that really stuck with people of like, um, you know, Grouchy Luke. Grouchy Luke is great. The thing that sticks out, like, do you remember the point where he starts training Ray, and she's got the whole, you know, she, the whole reach out and he slaps her, her hand. He has her reach out and she feels it all. And he, he tells her, he's like, can you feel it all? Can you feel it all? Like life, death. You know, the earth, all this stuff. I can feel it. Space, far gone. He's like, and and inside, I can feel it in me. And he's like, don't you get it? This wasn't ours. The, the Jedi 
it was wrong for the Jedi to think we own this thing. It's everyone and it's everything. And just like, obviously, you know, the whole being brought low by Kylo Ren and all, you know, his temple being burned down. Like that was the, that was the flashpoint. That was the catalyst for him going away and kind of being down on himself. But right. like that point where it's like inside of his disillusionment, he also came, you know, um, through the prequels, there was always a lot of talk of like, maybe the Jedi actually were bad with, you know, the whole stealing kids thing, but he's, he's kind of hitting upon that, but he's hitting upon that larger thing of the, the force wasn't a thing for us to, Oh, harness this is everyone's kind of i don't know i i'm just i'm catching little things that i didn't before and it's like wow i really like the way that they told this rather than it's not that it wouldn't have been entertaining but like this is actually doing a really great they really wrote a great way for this character to finish rather than it just ha it just being rah rah i was waiting this whole time to save everyone i'm gonna go out and save everyone it's like he's not it's not a matter of that he's it's a matter of he talks a lot about like it's wrong that people believe in just me being this one thing that can save the whole galaxy. Everyone just like the force being for everyone, heroism mm -hmm. is for everyone. It's not just for me and it's bad that you guys keep coming here and thinking Luke Skywalker come save everyone. Everyone get out there and start working towards saving everyone. It's kind of human nature like anything whether it's it's money or water or food you know all that stuff is for everyone it's fruit grows on trees but you have to go to a store i mean i guess you can grow it in your backyard are you saying the jedi in theory but are you trying to say the jedis are walmart kinda yeah like it, it it wasn't necessarily coming from a bad place but it has bad side effects does that make sense i mean <laughs> as far as them harnessing the force the story that got written was and determining how people use it we're a, we're a very centralized uh, you know district of space cops who are part of our job is to go out and <clears throat> harness children from the galaxy and say this is your this is your job like at 8 years old this is your job now you will never ever love anybody yeah and also it's they tell you how to use the force like you have to use it our way if you don't it's bad and you're going to the dark side, and you're going to be evil. And even in even in that, there was there were there was little deviation or, or little room to question that or say like, well, what if I kind of use like, no, that that path is right. the dark side. Like, I think even that they're they're sort of trying to play with Ray, and even to some degree Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, of there are spaces in the middle. It makes like, you Kylo Ren mm -hmm. going to the dark side. You know, there's points even where Ray's saying, like, why did you hate your dad? Like, I didn't hate my dad. This is what I had to do to be the thing I want to be. Like, no, you didn't. There were places in the middle. There was, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting up my own butt about it. But, like, I'm really, it's it's confirm, It's sort of confirming for me, like, my theory of, I think what Rise of Skywalker means, what, what I hope it means or what seems cool to me is it's not about any of the Skywalkers. Skywalker, in the wake of, like, in the wake of everything ending and, good take you know winning over evil like sky there won't be jedi anymore like skywalker will maybe be an honorific for like Je there aren't jedi anymore they're skywalkers and that you know that's ray like going like okay the force is for everyone and we're gonna have a more um you know middle ground of how we teach people it's not we're not space cops anymore 
we're people who teach people who have the sensitivity how to use it. You don't have to be a space cop, but we want to help you use this thing. And we're all Skywalkers now. You think they're going to stop calling them Jedi and call them Skywalkers? Luke was very clear about the Jedi, the Jedi need to end. And I think that, I think that hit home for Ray. I think that she understood why he did things the way he did. And she took the sacred text to the end. So but why like, would they bring Yoda back then? Because Yoda kind of just laughed at Luke like, you're, come on, Yo, uh, emo Luke. Like, I'm not there yet and we'll see. But if, uh, if uh, my guess is Yoda was there to tell Luke like, okay, you're right in like what you're feeling about the force. You're right. But you, that doesn't absolve you of not helping. It makes you wonder how different the whole story could have been if if uh, Anakin could have just been married to Padme and just still been a Jedi, but well, not, ha- not have to that, hide it. That was the other thing. One of the other things Luke says is like the, the Jedi, like Darth Sidious was in the midst of, he played all the Jedi and they let it happen. None of them, no one, the, you know, Palpatine, Darth Sidious, like was within the Jedi Order and his machinations brought down the Jedi Order and none of them even came close to knowing about it, except maybe Anakin, who... Well, that's kind of just, you know, talking about arrogance, really, because they just figured, we're the Jedi. Nobody's going to pull anything on us. Yeah, he talks a lot about hubris and stuff like that. But And then the other thing that I think that stuck in a lot of craws is it's actually really cool how how Poe sucks. And they, they make Poe, like, literally the opening of the movie, Poe sucks so bad. They lost so much for Poe to put a feather in his cap. Hmm. And he deserved to be brought low for it. Just because he thought he knew everything? Like, they lost so much of him taking down that dreadnought, and it just didn't matter. Poe's not any more different than how Luke was in the original three movies. Yeah. If you if you parallel that, Luke as a as a you know a X-wing fighter pilot, he wasn't doing anything different than what Poe did, but Luke was the savior of the galaxy. Well, that's that's luck for you. Yeah. That's not that's not. But that's what I'm saying is it worked for Luke, but that shouldn't be an example. Yeah, but everyone can't be Luke, and that, I mean that's even I know that's even the lesson that Luke's trying to trying to present is is like everyone needs to I don't know. But that I mean, the Luke went against orders all the time. The lesson in it for Poe is everyone can't. If everyone just acts on their like, what's the point of a chain of command if everyone's going like, you know what? I'm the hero of the rebellion. I'm going to do this. I mean, that's that's all stories. Look at the Harry Potter movies and the books. It's just and you know what? The kids don't listen to any of the adults. Harry Potter sucks. Well, yeah, because everybody thinks they know better, so they don't listen to anybody. That's just all right. Look. That's human nature, really. If you pull away the curtain from any movie like that, any movie like that where you pull away the curtain and go like, how dare this 15-year-old talk to me this way? Yeah, I mean, if if you kind of made, if you looked at it from the perspective of Severus Snape, you probably would think Harry Potter's probably a little prick. (laughs) I mean, honestly. Harry Potter was a little rich kid who was kind of a shit. I mean, I don't say Harry Potter was a little rich kid because Harry Potter grew up not knowing his parents he didn't know he had money he was living Travis, he was abused 
10 minutes into the movie is Harry Potter rich. Yeah, but he... Trav, that's what we're that going po- on. Up to that point, he had nothing. So I don't think he was raised to be like a... He wasn't like a Malfoy or anything like that. I don't know. Harry Harry seemed to kind of... You know, when, when things... When Harry could, Harry would kind of dunk on people when I mean, he didn't necessarily have to. Some of that is youth, though, too. Why? Travis, why are you a Harry Potter apologist? Because I did stuff like that, too, you know? Everybody Were you a rich has. kid? No. <laughs> I was middle class. I had action figures, though, and I was super happy about it. <clears throat> Just to bring it back to action figures. Chocolate frogs are cruelty, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just chocolate with a spell on it. I don't think they turned a frog into chocolate. So I think it's just chocolate. But it's I just mean, like a candy the, bar that the can The frogs try to around. escape from being eaten. I think they're just that's what they're programmed to do. Programmed by magic. So it's like that that one robot that people keep like hitting with chairs and knocking over, but we still feel sorry for the robot a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair game. Fair game. Fair dinkum. So I'm a little behind, but I, I watched episode three of The Dark Crystal. Well, any any takeaways? Yeah, I mean, all of the characters, I was like, how how are they going to bring them together? Now they're starting to come together. Ogre went and confronted the Skeksis, and now she knows the Skeksis are evil. It's like, it's only three episodes in, and is there ten of them? Is that how there's eight or ten somewhere ten, in there. But there, there are those kind of forty-five minute to hour-long episodes, which so. isn't—I don't think they're bad. They're not dragging or anything like that. It's just the way they're coming together. It's really cool, and you know what? I thought all of the Gelflings were going to look exactly the same, but the puppeteers yeah, there, and there the designers—they managed to make them look individual. There are you know? races. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing is episode three, you find out that they're all racist against each other. Yeah, quite. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know that they're all out and out rate. Like they seem to, everybody seems to not care for the cave dweller ones. Yeah. And they seem to be the nicest. Yeah. Deet. Yeah. I remember that because it keeps mosquitoes away. That's, that's her name. But so far, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Just like the world that they built is, is pretty spectacular it, yeah it kind of bowls you like just yeah. the just the like structure behind ogre is oh, yeah. pretty astounding and just the way you know they got voice actors to sound like mm-hmm. like the original people and super cool show i'm kind of worried about how depressing it's going to be when all the gelflings get killed <laughs> Because you know that's what's going to happen eventually. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it is very impressive. So, you got everybody, a lot of really everybody cool at the Jim Henson you, Creature Shop. You got just, a lot of really, really cool stuff. Oh, hey, speaking in that, uh, hey, RIP was a Carol Spinney? Yes, Big Bird. He just retired. We talked about it on here like this year, I think. He knew. Maybe. I mean,. It could be. Hey. Yeah, he just, he just retired from doing pour, Big Bird and Pour Oscar. one out for a real one. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cool legacy, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Who doesn't love those two characters? So we got two big trailers this week, Travis. Oh, yeah. Which one you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about the... Let's let's say uh, Wonder Woman 84. That's, yeah, it's a good place to start. Yeah. Looks fun. It does. It looks a, lo- a lot of fun. It looks like there's some humor in this I've one. I've been a little a little gassed on kind of uh, blockbustery superhero-y stuff as of late. I watched that, and I was like, I, I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to do anything for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm with this. 
uh boy 80s nostalgia is really pushing it but yeah. what are you gonna do it's what we're they're I, they're blasting some blue monday in there it's where we're at it's what we talked about we grew up through 50s nostalgia right. sorry kids you got to put up with 80s nostalgia now. <laughs> but uh looks fun uh gal gadot <laughs> there's scenes Gilgan in it tiger there's scenes in it that kind of remind me of uh this last season of stranger things where it shows the mall and it's like oh was were malls really that big in the 80s i you know i didn't I'm, really go to malls when i was a kid time so. is time is a flat circle to me travis and uh i don't remember where it was that malls really took off i guess they must have been huge in the 80s because that that's the angle they're taking apparently chris pines in the whole movie i thought maybe he was just in it in flashbacks yeah, i don't know exactly how chris he survives America. or whatever what but do? he's non-powered captain america <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do but uh, Kristen Wiig looks like, I don't know. I mean, they didn't really show her as a villain yet. They just kind of showed yeah. like she apparently knows, you know, uh, Diana Prince somehow. They're at, they're going to lunch together or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it looks cool. Taskmaster is going to be the main villain. So You are thinking of Black Widow, my friend. Max Lord is the Oh, yeah. It's not Taskmaster. It's, I don't know uh, much about that. I got it confused. You're right. That's all right. Taskmaster is you know, Black Widow. I mean, th- there's DNA shared between the <laughs> stories, so you know it's okay, Travis. It's okay. I'm looking forward to it because okay, Wonder Travis. Woman was one of my. It's still one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Yeah, and it doesn't have the World War One stuff, as which is kind of what I lot, really liked about it. A lot of Spider-Manning in that trailer. Spider-Manning. It, she just whips the lasso oh. out and just takes off. It shows the the new gold outfit. Little tacky for me. I don't. I don't like that look. I but think. I think, it, I think again, it's only going to be a Kingdom Come outfit. I think it's but, only going to be for like five minutes in the movie. Yeah, little little on the tacky side. I don't care for that, but it's not ruining anything. It it harkens to like a like a Spider Man Green Goblin outfit for me. I don't mind it because it makes way more sense for a warrior to have armor that covers their entire body as opposed to uh, basically armor that covers uh, your chest and your wrists. And okay. nothing else. <laughs> sure. I just So it makes it looks, way more sense. Just saying, from, from an aesthetic standpoint, I don't care for it, but it's it's kind of neither here nor there. Like in the new Supergirl on the TV show, she has a new outfit this year, I guess. And, you know, because she was just wearing a skirt and then like the Supergirl yeah. shirt. Now it's like pants mech, and everything. Suit. <laughs> no, it's not a mech suit, but it's like full body. It covers everything. It makes sense. Okay. Sure. If you're a superhero, why would you want to... Uh, Travis, don't speak too loud. I think Namor would take task with uh, okay, your full Namor. Body <laughs> attitude. Let's not even get into Namor. Let's not kink shame Namor. Namor is is not as cool as Aquaman. Because Aquaman has a cool suit. You know, I don't in the know Aquaman in the both. A- both of them have their charms. The Jason Momoa Aquaman, actually, his suit is armor. It's not like just some whatever orange shirt what was that shirt even made of was it made of shells orange seashells scales scales okay orange scales what's the the captain america suit made out of i don't know have they ever ever really done the scale suit in the movies or is that just a when i was a kid i always wondered like these little like it was it was like it it looked like big bird it's like like feathers but there's no chain it's just yeah like coins I mean, I can get why they they drew the texture because it makes it, it stand cool. out. But it looks cool. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Wolverine, Wolverine's helmet. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it do, it's gonna look dumb in reality. It looks great in the comics. 
So Wonder Woman 84 looks pretty cool. I'm sure. excited for it. I got that. When does it come out? Uh, next year, sometime. I, I want to say maybe spring, March. Right? Maybe March. Didn't it was matter. supposed to come out like now, yeah. right before Christmas, but for mm-hmm. some reason they bumped it. Whatever. Kind of bummed me out. I would I would like to go see it right now. Okay, so, the other I'm sorry, one. Sorry, I'm afraid you can't. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. <clears throat> the other one, Ghostbusters Afterlife, also known as Ghostbusters 3. What'd you think? I got nothing for it, man. Seriously? I thought it was really cool. I thought it's cool how they tie Egon into it because it's Egon's daughter and his grandchildren. I thought the the little girl looks a lot like the Egon character from the real Ghostbusters cartoon, like the same hairdo, the glasses. So I thought that was kind of a nice, cool callback. I think the fact that they didn't know anything about it, but then they take it to Paul Rudd, who's their teacher, and he's like, Travis, oh, that's a cool replica. This is, this is along the lines of fr- from... Um from the end of Revenge of the Sith to the start of A New Hope, there are people that go, Jedi, I thought that those were just a legend. Those are just stories. If something if something like the end of Ghostbusters and then the events of Ghostbusters 2 happened, everyone would know about it and we would teach it to our children all the time. Maybe not in the middle of like Kansas or wherever they're at. I can't. I, they're in the middle of Travis, the country somewhere. I, I, I hate to reference something like this, but the end of the original Ghostbusters was basically Ghost 9-11. I think in a rural community, you're underestimating how much they don't care about what's going on in the rest of the world. In and rural, I live in one. In rural counties, they know what 9-11 is. <laughs> yeah, but they don't, they don't reference it. They don't like make jokes about it. They, they just know if it. If a giant marshmallow man, showed, a giant sentient marshmallow man showed up in New York and climbed a uh, whatever building that is where there was a giant storm ghost storm happening and the population of New York was terrorized by literal ass ghosts if there was confirmation that the afterlife exists we would never stop knowing about it I think it. you're stuck on one point that you need it's you just kind of got to get over it if you're going to enjoy it that's not what's killing my enjoyment of it. My look, man. You didn't think it was cool them like flying through the field, chasing after a ghost with the wah, the siren going, and it they pop out the side and they're they're blasting the thing. It's a kids movie, and that's just not what I was. That's I don't. It, I'm sure it's fine. It's just not what I care about. <sighs> the original Ghostbusters was about like gritty, grimy guys who were smoking and like Travis. A ghost BJ happens in Ghostbusters. I mean, we don't see it. We just assume that it happens. But that what I'm talking about well, is... Do you know why that was in the movie? Do you remember how Ghostbusters... Dan Aykroyd said he actually got one in real life from a real ghost. Do you ghost. remember how Ghostbusters was a comedy? Yeah. I, this is a comedy. What, 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 was the, what was the joke in that trailer? In what trailer? Well, just because it's going to be a comedy. I just... Hey, look... This isn't me saying it's bad. This is me saying, like, I just, I kind of don't care. It looks like a kid's movie that's just not my jam. I think it looks awesome. I'm a, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to seeing another trailer. I mean, that is basically, like, the first little teaser of anything that's come out. And I was kind of up in the air, like, eh, we'll see where it goes. And yeah. after the trailer, I was like, all right, this is definitely tying in the lore this is, from the original movies. This is not, a, this is not an outright indictment. Of the movie, this is just me saying. Once I saw that it was just kid Ghostbusters, I'm like, it's 
This isn't for me. I don't think it's okay. just kid Ghostbusters. I think that's just the section of the story that we've been shown. I think the other people are going to show up in it in some sort. Oh, I mean, yeah, like the the old ass Ghostbusters are in the movie. Yeah, this is just what we've been shown. This is it's kind of like the tipping point for why they would come back together is because these kids find this stuff and apparently they unlock something because there hasn't been any ghosts for 30 something years and they do something that basically releases ghosts back into the world. So this is kind of just bringing it all back together. Hey, look, Travis, I genuinely hope you enjoy it. I'm again. I'm trying. I'm what I'm trying to say is, I'm relatively fine with it, but I'm just not really interested in it. I think you're going to change your mind. Oh, yeah. I liked the 2016 Ghostbusters a lot. I like the 2016. Most people and, crapped on it. I really thought it was a good movie. And I'm still a little. I'm I'm a little butthurt about that. In that, in that, I I I really dislike that they just. Like completely bailed on that. And similarly, like why aren't why aren't those women in this movie in some capacity? They found they sure as hell found time to get. <laughs> They're on a different Earth. <laughs> they, yeah, but they sure as hell found a way to get like what what Bill Murray was in right. was uh were were all the Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters? Yeah, there was. I mean, uh, then find a way to get those women in this damn movie. They don't have to be. Those it's same, not my call. If if it was my call, characters. I would put them in there somewhere. So, the only thing that bothered me about that movie is that what's it, Chris Hemsworth doing? Get him in the damn movie. Uh, I think he's doing a Hulk Hogan movie, so maybe that's what he's doing. The only thing that bothered me about the 2016 is that it didn't acknowledge that the other Ghostbusters existed because they kind of invented it on their own. It was just like a reboot. If it was in a, a continuation of it, I I would have preferred that, but I still like the movie a lot. So. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was honestly as good as the original. It's about personalities, of- and I'm also at a point where I'm pretty spurious of anything that relies on people under the age of twenty to carry the to carry the weight of the movie. And I think Finn Wolfhard, the the hardest of wolves, is pretty cool, but he's still like what, like fifteen? I don't think. I think they're a big part of the movie. I don't think they're the entire movie. It's not going to be Stranger Things. Who else is going to be the entire movie? Paul Rudd. You get Paul Rudd in a movie, he's going to be a big part of the movie. In my opinion. Outside of Carrie Coon and Paul Rudd, I'm only seeing... um, You got Carrie... Like I said, you got Carrie Coon and Paul Rudd. You have the original Ghostbusters, which I still think are going to be more of a cameo capacity than anything. And other than that, you got kids, my man. I guess we'll see, huh? <laughs> so. Uh, let me see. I think they had this. What's the description we got here? Plot unknown. Never mind. No, wait. No. Oh, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Trav, it's going to be about the kids. I'm fine with that. Hi, it, they're talking about secret legacy. The mom has to know who her dad was. Hey, our uh, person of the year is a 15-year-old from Scandinavia or wherever. I Does don't know. she know about the ghosts? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I would imagine she probably doesn't believe in ghosts. I'm guessing. Greta. Greta. 
Greta, tell us about the ghosts. Please, Greta. I think she cares more about like wind energy and solar panels. Please, than Greta, ghosts. Greta, 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 Greta. Please. She probably won't see Ghostbusters afterlife. Uh, you know, if I run I'm gonna into go out on a limb. Her, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Greta Thurberg probably has in you know entertainment preferences. That's just I don't not know. her thing. Like, hey, look, man, do you know? Do you know if Bernie's going to go see Ghostbusters? Like, yeah. Bernie probably will be a ghost by the time it comes. Uh, <laughs> He's an old, old man. Uh, uh, okay. Trav, what else you got for me, brother? A uh, couple things I thought was interesting. Thomas Lennon is going to be join the cast of Supergirl. You know, Officer Dangle. Yeah, yeah, I know that as. And I can never say it. Missile, mixel, plicks. Missile, plicks. You know what? That is a perfect role. Okay. Yeah. I think think it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, Gilbert Gottfried in the cartoon was probably as spot on as you can get for that character. Mr. Wrestleplex is a... I like those... I like... Travis, I'm on record. I love the dumb characters. Give me MODOK. Give me Galactus. Give me MODOK. (laughs) Give me Paste Pot Pete. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, The Flash movie... Still don't know who's going to be in it. <laughs> if they're going to get a new Flash or... We've got to be at least three years off of a Flash movie, right? July 1st, 2022. I Look, okay, we're in, a, we're in a spot. Wonder Woman is taking place long before whatever they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, there are no plans. There are no plans. I think the plans now are just to do individual movies and keep them separate. And then I guess maybe someday. Are they going? Are they going offspring? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you got to keep them separated. Ah. And then eventually, maybe they'll come out and play. But I think, from what I heard, Henry Cavill still wants to play Superman. Because, like, I don't know, six months ago, it was like people were saying Henry Cavill doesn't want to be Superman anymore. I think maybe it's Warner Brothers that wants to go in a different direction, and he still wants to do it. But I'm not 100% sure. That was an interview that I read that he talked about. I, I feel like I still have more work as Superman to do. So it sounds like he's still on board. But I think the Ben Affleck thing kind of just threw a monkey wrench and all that. Him and his alcoholism. Jeez. Way to go, Ben. I I don't even know what to say about that. Right, we'll see We'll see what uh, what Twilight brings. I think those are going to be good movies. They keep adding more and more actors to it. And you're like, this should be pretty legit. I think it's probably... I'm going to predict it right now. It's going to be the best uh, Batman series. Just with all the talent they've got coming into it. I don't know, man. The the Nolan legacy has a lot of credentials. You know what? Besides Dark Knight, I thought the other two movies were just okay. Yeah? Yeah. Dark Knight was amazing. I think I'm ready to revisit Dark Knight Rises and see if my opinions change. Batman Begins is boring. Yeah. It is so boring. 100% boring. Probably one of my least favorite superhero movies of all time. Boring. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is still I would rather watch Ghost Rider because he pisses on things. He pisses fire. Elektra is still a threat. Yeah, Elektra's pretty bad too. And I love Jennifer Garner, but Elektra was pretty bad. (laughs) I like the Daredevil movie, though. I thought it was fun. It's silly and kind of hokey, but I thought it was fun, at least. Batman Begins is boring. Dark Knight Rises, there's some really cool stuff in there. I, but it's not 
great. Doug, Doug Benson good. has gone a long way toward making me maybe enjoy Bane a lot more. <laughs> so I might watch that and, and like Tom Hardy. I don't think I, I Tom Hardy, weirdly enough, was not someone super on my radar at that point. So, yeah, I can't remember kind of being more into the in the Tom Hardy camp at this point. Maybe I'll go back and like, oh, that performance, that voice is still so weird. I think the only thing I had seen him in really before that is there was like a it was a romantic comedy like a it had Chris Pine and Tom Hardy and Reese Witherspoon and they they were spies. Huh. Reese oh, Witherspoon. Oh, okay. They both fell in love with her. One of those movies. Yeah, and they were both spies, and they're kind Mr. of... Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but those people? Yeah. Okay, I guess. But they were childhood friends, almost like they were raised as brothers, but they weren't technically brothers, and they both became spies, and then I they f- both fall in love with the same girl, and there's a rivalry. It was fun. It was a fun movie, but that's the only thing I think I remember I think I had seen from. Bronson at this point, but didn't connect the two, and then, mm. like, certainly not... Uh, was it? Is he Star Trek Nemesis? Is that him? Yeah, it was. I, he, I, I forgot I about it. I yeah. connecting him He to was that. young Picard. So. I think it was before he bulked up. Yeah. He was still... Bronson a, is where he super bulked at. A little slight. Hey, I don't know if this is new this year, but have you seen the Make It So video with uh, Picard? It's to the music of Let It Snow. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say it was to the music of Let It Go. No, it was the music of... I don't know. I don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> It's, at some point, he goes, shut up, Wesley, in the middle of the song. <laughs> I uh, No, I haven't seen that. I did see, let's see, what have I seen? I saw... It just um, takes clips of him going, the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> that sounds all right. It's pretty funny. I have seen um, the beginning of the This Is America uh, music video from Childish Gambino, but it syncs perfectly with the start of the I Don't Want a Lot for Christmas song. Oh, yeah? It syncs uncannily well. It's... Mariah Carey. Hilarious. Uh, I did see today, someone set up, they made um, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time, but all the verses are just The Moon Is Out. (laughs) The Moon Is Out. 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 It's... How do people think of this stuff? (laughs) I, that, that's why we're not that's why we're not the ones <laughs> <laughs> i would I never think like to the, repeat that over and over i again. see things like that and i'm like wow that's hilarious and random and brilliant uh someone on giant bomb that i follow abby russell she did a tweet that was just she was like did you know that you can go out and just buy fake teeth in bulk and she had taken a lighter <laughs> and just glued a bunch of fake teeth to a lighter i was like that's like weird, but also like really fascinating. <laughs> it's very weird. Or just I I think I've watched enough of them on Facebook. I get like um sort of, hey, I'm building a thing. Like they're very satisfying to me to watch someone build a thing or like cook a thing. And there's a lot of yeah. like, hey, I took this where it's kind of sped up a little bit. I took a silver dollar and did all kinds of metalwork to make it a really cool ring. Hmm. It's like what 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 made you think to do that in the first place? I don't know. I've seen forks that people bend and melt down to yeah. make a ring out of. Yeah. I think, so. yeah, I think when I was uh, when I was in high school, they would do that in one of the shop classes. If you could take a fork and make like a bracelet out of it. Very fascinating. 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 Uh, the Matrix Batman. 4 and John Wick 4 are going to be coming out on the same day. Okay. Keanu Reeves Day. Okay. That's Why would I mean. they do that? Why wouldn't they? I, I, I assume it's summer movies, so sure. 
Uh, yeah, they're going to come out May 21st, I don't think, 2021. I don't think Keanu Reeves competes with Keanu Reeves, technically speaking. I just, it just seems stupid. Why, why would they put them out on the same day? But the, again, it's two studios, so they just planned it that way. Why do studios put out the same movies in weekends at all? I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to hurt The Matrix 4 because Matrix hasn't been around for 20 years. Only The Matrix 4 can hurt The Matrix 4 at this point. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Maybe he's not a huge part of it. Uh, yeah, he, he and Karen, because I don't remember the end. The, the things I remember the most from the end of it was Colonel Sanders. Um, I laughed really hard when I can't even remember who was the physical, like, uh, Agent Smith, like, got inhabited a human body at that point at the end, right? I can't remember. I just I remember think I've someone, seen the la- the someone other taking two an once. actual live wire and shoving it into his eyes, and it made me laugh really hard. I honestly haven't seen those for, when and did then, they come out? <laughs> It's probably been 15 years since I've seen yeah. either one of the second, second or third. Boy, like the, it's a real brick wall to get through, I'll tell you. But uh, I remember, like, I think Keanu Reeves basically absorbed himself into the Matrix, so him coming back is not a big feat. Hmm. I mean, the, that's that's got to be the assumption is like, yeah, he's. I mean, it, Neo was a Jesus metaphor, souped to nuts, so. I always thought he was like a Superman, which is kind of a guess, Jesus metaphor. Guess what Superman is? <laughs> especially in, uh, especially Man of, Man of Steel is heavy Jesus metaphors. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Uh, but like, I think, it was, I can't even remember. I think Carrie Ann Moss's character died at the end of that, but I don't remember what happened to her. Did she? I think she did. Oh. I honestly don't remember. Yeah. The first one is so good. I went back and watched it this year. Yeah, the first one. The first is, one is an outstanding movie. The first one stylistically is a little bit of its time. There's a little bit of like like a lot of like uh, like latex suits and silly sunglasses that only hook to your nose. And but you gotta under like I told my kids thematically and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. I told my kids, all right, the black leather. It's been done a thousand times since. The Matrix is the one that started that. The shoot 'em up over the Travis. top action. The Matrix started that. Travis, Blade. Blade uh, yeah, but it was only Blade? him. Blade? No, 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 no. There was lots of leather people in Blade. Especially, I just watched it. Oh man, especially Blade Two. Blade Two is heavy on the heavy on the leather. Hmm. That's a Guillermo del Toro joint. You know you're going to get out the latex. Well, I don't know. the Matrix made it cooler. Oh yeah, the Matrix is cooler than well, Blade. Blade. I just watched Blade. Whoa, whoa, Travis, you get the hell out of my house right now. <laughs> Blade's okay. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying Travis. it's bad, but the Matrix was like really, really good. It it changed everything in movies. I like those movies, but I like Blade. I really like Blade a lot. I like the Matrix. <laughs> I don't really reloaded in Revolution. We got a real or, chocolate peanut butter. We got a real hmm. uh, taste great, less filling kind of argument yeah, going on. Yeah, here. we do. I watched Home Alone recently. That's still fun. It's was, still fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. So I Sure. There was this thing I wanted to talk to you about. It's um, the movies that made us. Not to be confused with our friends at the movies that make us podcast. But there it's on uh what Netflix. JD. It's on Netflix. It's called The Movies That Made Us. And they've got Dirty Dancing, which I have not seen because I've never actually seen Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I'll probably eventually watch it. But they have Home Alone, which was outstanding, and Ghostbusters, and Die Hard. And it's kind of 
fun behind the scenes stuff. Like uh, Home Alone, John Candy riffed every line that's in that movie, which oh, yeah. says a lot because John Hughes, I guess, was John Hughes wrote Home Alone. And his dialogue was very precious to him, so he would not let people stray. But he, to was, be fair, John Candy did a lot of John Hughes. Yeah, well, that's why he trusted him. He's like, let John Candy do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. So all that. Oh, and it's great. He's polka, so polka, great. polka, polka. Yeah. <laughs> all that, all that stuff was riffed. And then uh, the actual interior of the house was built inside an abandoned gymnasium from a school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's really cool. You go out if you love Home Alone. I, 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 I mean, Home Alone came out in 1990, so I was like 13. So that was like the perfect, you know, things hitting people in the balls and can smashing them in they the face. They catch up with any of the. Uh, they catch up with like Macaulay Culkin or Pesci or Stern or anybody. Uh, Daniel Stern is in it. I somehow figured that was going to be the one they got. And it's funny because he almost wasn't in the movie, and he talks about that whole situation because they wanted him originally, and then he's like, ah. No, nah, I want more money or something like that. And so he backed out and then they got somebody else and the guy just wasn't working out. So they went back to the Did they say what Stern. guy it was? Uh, he's a character actor. Like I recognize his face, but I can't remember his name. He wasn't famous. He still does stuff now, but he, he wasn't famous or anything like that. Oh, yeah. But Pesci, I guess, was a handful on the set. How do you mean? He basically, like everybody that made Home Alone was kind of in their first or second movie so they were all kind of new to doing it and he kind of bullied them around a little bit i think pesci is that guy yeah yeah but it's a lot of fun to watch and the ghostbusters and die hard ones are fun too so go check those out um speaking of pesci i did finally finish the irishman and yeah it's really long um it finally did get to a point where they had to stop using the eye makeup and it was a lot easier to handle the performances. Like I I don't know what to say about it. It's a bunch of old guys who are all really good actors in a movie that's their speed. Uh, or I mean, it's their milieu. It's their kind right. of movie. And like, I didn't feel at any point, at no point did I feel like, oh, I'm bored. Oh, I need to stop watching this. But at no point did I feel like, wow, look at, look at this. Oh, Scorsese at his best. It just... It was it was seventy two degrees, Trav. Seventy two degrees. All right, that's a good way to describe so, I it, mean, I guess. If you like if you like Scorsese movies, I have to imagine that you would enjoy watching it. Probably, if you enjoy Scorsese movies, the worst you would probably say is, "Yeah, I, I enjoyed it." Sure. All right. I I eventually will see it, but there is at I don't least, I don't have a plethora of time. I think right now. that there is at least an hour and a half movie within The Irishman titled "Tight Shot on De Niro." looking pensive <laughs> there's so many shots like it's a, t- a shot of robert de niro's fo- face where the thing he's just trying to translate is eh, i don't like this <laughs> it's called constipation yeah uh disney and fox are gonna make more planet of the apes movies i don't know if it's gonna be a continuation of the recent ones we had because those movies are so good yeah they're really good like oh, that like honestly in in this century, that might be the best trilogy. The last one I was a little iffy on, but it had good performances. The first and second one, oh boy, really like those. I can't think of three movies that held up that were all so good. 
Uh, you know, if there were a third Garfield, I think we would have got there. Yeah, I mean, Bill, it, Bill Murray got, needed a break. You know what? two kitties, you go out on a high note. I mean, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in them, so it always has a soft spot for me. But even, <laughs> sounds, even like look the spot, at, sounds like the spot you're talking about isn't that soft, Travis. Yeah, I think true. it was something that's different. <laughs> uh, even if you go and look at like the Marvel movies, maybe Captain America, those three are probably my favorite trilogy within the Marvel Universe. I'm just okay with Civil War, but I do like I um Civil War is one of the best of all time. You didn't like Civil War? I'm just kind of okay with it, especially mm-hmm. coming from the standpoint of the the series being one that I really like, like the actual story it's based on. You know, specifically ways that they kind of pulled back from like, a problem that I've I've kind of come out on top of having with the Marvel movies in general is based on reading the comics is Disney is scared shitless of making one of their heroes actually do something bad and they probably should be because they would lose a lot of money i don't blame them for that travis iron man in the comics has done terrible things yeah but if he did those in the movie if he did that in the first iron man movie the marvel universe probably wouldn't exist i mean like it does right now it's age of ultron he almost gets humanity destroyed because he was like I really just want to play with his AI. And everyone said, that's an AI. I don't think that, it was that he wanted to play AI. with it. He, he, legitimately, alien, he legitimately wanted to protect humanity with the AI. The he was AI. told by so many people, that's an alien AI. You probably shouldn't play with it. He's like, ah, what do y'all know? I mean, he was arrogant about it, but it it's not like he was coming from a bad place. He was coming from a good place, but he was definitely misguided. Yeah, I mean, in the comics, the worst thing is like, you know, Tony Stark, the, the, like... You know, the the events of Civil War in the comics, um, shooting the Hulk into space, the, the whole Illuminati thing, he came from a good place on those, but he came from an arrogant place of, I know better than the whole of humanity, and I will, sh- I will bend things to my will. I think that's something that geniuses do, at least in fiction. Are you... That's why, why geniuses... Why are you an Elon Musk apologist, Travis? Is... Is Elon Musk a genius? I don't know. I think he's from the future. Yeah? Is he Dr. Manhattan? I think he's he's like Booster Gold. He's just a regular guy, but he's got... (laughs) He stole celebrity tech? Yeah. I think, honestly. All right, maybe I don't really believe it, but I think that that's a fun way to think about Elon Musk. He's just a regular dude, but he's from the future. And that's why he knows this stuff, because he was taught it in elementary school. It's like if I went back to like the medieval times and I started talking about sciencey stuff that I don't know anything about, but I can just BS my way through it. People would think I was like Copernicus or something. You're saying even the, even the way the movies goes, there are a lot of things about Tony Stark that Disney is like, we're not going to, we just don't worry about it. Don't pay attention to it. I mean, alcoholism is, is a thing that it's hard for a kid to process. Same with well, like do Hank Pym hitting, they never did the Janet the Hank Van Dyne. And that's fine. You know? The Hank Pym thing was a pretty ill-conceived thing to begin with. And right. it's it's been a difficult thing to work around because it was done in a time that they... I mean, it's just like uh, the fridge thing in The Flash that they always talk... I think it was The Flash that they always talk about that one of his girlfriends was stuck in a fridge. And they always point to that as a really bad misstep. Like, you can't... They're never really going to be able to portray that properly because it was... At the time that it was done, they didn't really... It was a half-baked idea. Yeah. I mean, but sometimes things, you can just go too far with, with this edgy stuff. And it kind of ruins it for a while. It, hey, man, just just like with the Force, like there's got to be a middle ground. 
Yeah. And neither neither studio is doing a very good job of having a middle ground at this point. Mm. It gets to feel like with Marvel, there's just not really a conflict. None of the well, that's why they have to bring conflicted. None of the that's why they have to bring somebody from space that wants to end half of life in the universe. Yeah. So yeah, they don't really have a whole lot of Earth-based conflict in the Marvel universe right now. I mean, the biggest conflict coming into that was the rift between Tony and Steve, and they never really even. They never really even, like, basically Tony just came back and said, this is interest me enough that I guess I'll work with you again. I always thought Steve Rogers was right. Yeah. That's what I, I always thought Tony was wrong. Even in, even in the last movie when he comes back and he's all frail and he's still being a dick about it. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. (laughs) Did you not do any like looking into your own soul? Tony Stark was such a dick to him so many times. Well, that's why when, when, when Tony dies, Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Endgame, I was kind of like, all right, that's fine. I was like, you deserve to die. (laughs) It's not like I was happy about it, but at the same time, I was like, I'd rather have him die than Captain America or Thor or Captain Marvel or Black Panther or any, you know what I mean? Like, you made a lot of missteps and you kind of were not very, uh, you know, repentant about it. At all, so yeah. The time where the one of my favorite things when Steve Rogers tears a log in half, that was them having a discussion about holy, holy crap, Tony, look at what's happening to us. And Tony's throwback was, "Hey, I went to space at the end of the first movie. What did you ever do?" Yeah, I I didn't set a robot upon the human race. Like, I once ripped a log in half in front of my wife. Smeagol guy lost his arm thanks to that movie. Smeagol guy, yeah. So I picked up a log. There was a, there was it was kind of working its way through naturally, but I picked it up and I ripped it right in front of my wife, and I could I think I actually heard like droplets hit the ground. <laughs> She's never looked at me like that before I, or since. Travis, I am not going to litigate. I'm not going to make any. <laughs> I'm not going to question whatever you just said. <laughs> It was the most turned on she's ever been in her whole life toward, Travis, toward me. I just told you I wasn't going to ask what that meant. <laughs> Let the droplets hit the, t- Let the t- floor. You had to bring me in on that. <laughs> Travis. Yes. I think I think we're just about done. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I did want to talk to you about this movie that I saw. Ready or not. <laughs> okay. It's this, it's this weird movie. If you like, like... Uh, Really violent uh, horror movie Is it kills. Kind of a grindhousey kind of show. Uh, I mean, it's funny. It's a comedy, I mean, but just, yeah, there's there's I've seen posters that look like like what a kind of grindhouse type movie would look. Yeah, like, there's so. some there's some pretty gruesome deaths and stuff in it, and gruesome injuries like even just like the tearing of flesh trying to climb through Ugh. a metal fence and things like that. Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's uh, there's some. Uh, it's a deal with the devil story. That's kind of a spoiler, but I'm not really because even in the opening credits they show the devil and the this devil. this rich family. They have to they have these weird customs they have to do. It's a lot of fun. It, it kind of gave me, huh? Is it Dave Grohl? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I I didn't catch what you were saying. Dave Grohl was the devil in a. Uh, oh, okay. A, uh, what do you call it? A uh, tenacious d video (laughs) oh yes i do remember that but it it is fun and there's some uh good deaths if if that's something like my wife likes a a good death like somebody getting cut in half uh that kind of stuff 
like uh what's the 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 kingsman uh yeah okay when when the the blade lady just slices somebody and they kind of <sighs> sit there for a second and then slide off did you ever that, see golden circle no still I haven't brought myself to that one either but that's the kind of thing my wife is into she loves that kind of death in a movie and this has similar deaths like she, that there's some pretty graphic like deaths. the exploding heads at the end oh the so you know about that oh kingsman Oh, oh! You're talking about they're split. Hey, they're, sure, those two would share DNA. Like, well, that. it's not. All right, fast forward if you want. They don't. Their head, I haven't seen the movie it's, either. It's not exploding heads. Their entire bodies just explode into goo. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. No, it's it's worth the wait. The Kingsman, like, there's that oh, table that like multicolored right. heads. I remember now, which makes Samuel Jackson throw up before <laughs> I think the same thing maybe happens to him. Kingsman, really good movie. I like yeah, that first. Yeah, one. it's fun. I I do want to watch the sequel. I think my son has it, and What's I think that the prequel, the prequel looks really cool, but they bumped it back for like a year, so I it makes it, me kind of wonder. I it's Ugh. not going to be good. I know, but it takes place during World War One. Rasputin's in it. I like that kind of stuff. Travis, I only take my Rasputin in Hellboy form these days. Fair enough. And what <laughs> what what about the. Uh, Anastasia. Rasputin was in Anastasia. Wasn't wasn't big on Rasputin. Or wasn't big on Anastasia. I thought Anastasia was probably the best Don Bluth movie. Look, man, I'm going to be a Five Will Goes West kind of guy. I do like Five Will Goes West. <laughs> or, look, if we're getting... Jimmy if we're Stewart. Gonna, Jimmy, how can you love if Jimmy we're Stewart? If we're going to be honest, there is no way in hell that Secret and M doesn't take that spot for me. <sighs> See, that scared me too much when I was a kid. Never could get into it. Gary Owls. So, buddy, we got to say the spiel now. We got to say the spiel. What's the spiel? If you have thoughts on Secret Nim, later to the tater at gmail.com is the place you can get at us. Let us know how you feel about Mrs. Brisby. Let us know how you feel about Jared. Hey, if you want thoughts. It can only be Jared. It can only be Jared. If you got thoughts on the cat dragon, I want to hear about them. The great owl, go to hell. I don't want to hear about the great owl anymore. Yeah. Too much. Too much. But, again, later to the tater at gmail.com is where you can get at us. You can follow me at Travis Tate Funny on all of the social media thingies. At Jake underscore doll on Twitter. It's it's a train wreck, I got to tell you. Uh, if you like train wrecks and uh, like this show in general. Amy Schumer movies? Uh, I, did you see that one? Train wreck? Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Good. Yeah, might have to check it out. Haven't seen it. I got to say this about Amy Schumer. She puts her friends in it. She put Colin Quinn in it. <laughs> I got to say about Amy Schumer, she puts her friends in it. She put Dave Attell in it. Those she are two a, of the greatest living comics, and they don't get enough credit. And she had an opportunity, and she put them in the movie. She pulls so a full Sandler. She put uh, Keith... Uh, Keith David? Not Keith David. I almost said Keith David. That's what threw me off. I've probably thrown you off of whatever Keith it is. Yeah. Cool anyway. Keith? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you've enjoyed this exchange, subscribe to our podcast. Please give us a rating. Give us a one-sentence review. On that rating, five stars is the way to get there. We want people to hear about us. And the only other way we can ask you to get other people to hear about us is just hit the streets and tell your friends about us. Recommend us. Just do something. 
we got to do something, right, Travis? That's exactly right. That's what Luke Skywalker's been trying to tell us. You know what? Stop relying on Luke Skywalker to get the word out about Late to the Party of the Travis Tate. <laughs> Damn it, get out there and do it yourself. Um, I have a couple upcoming shows. If you're listening to this the day it comes out on December 15th, I'm doing, it's called Comedy Cares. My buddy Guy Seidel puts it on every year and it's it's a charity basically there's there's going to be an auction there's going to be a raffle all the money goes to help local families during christmas that are that are struggling and then for sure i've got set up january 10th and 11th i'll be opening for uh vicky barbalak again it'll be at the jordan landing wise guys all right uh, the comedy cares is at the downtown wise guys by the way it's a sunday night and then I'm pretty much every weekend I'll be doing something at a wise guys. Hopefully next year I'm going to be going back out of town. So that should be good. Once I actually have some uh, time to take off work. Good luck with that, my dude. Yeah. So the only thing I got left to say is that holy smokes, blue wave theory is the music that we use. We thank you for that usage. And it's really good stuff. They follow me on Twitter now. It's pretty cool. Keith Robinson. That's his name. Keith oh, Robinson. Okay. Sorry, Keith Robinson. You're not oh, listening to this. <laughs> That's Travis, white people nonsense. That's you what Keith Robinson would say. don't know. He might be our Australia listener. No, he's in New York. Oh. <laughs> well. All right. Well, for Australians everywhere, then, this has been late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm I th- Jake. I think our Australian listener is Wolverine. Hugh Jackman himself. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. He's 90 or 89. Seriously. Prove me wrong. I do... <laughs> Well, I do. I, I can't even do it. Forget it. Travis, send us out. Better Tate than never. <laughs>